0: Welcome back to the Northeast Newscast. On this week's episode, we are joined by Crispin Rea, candidate for Kansas City City Council District 4 at large. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
0: Glad to have you here. And um, you grew up on the east side of Kansas City, right? Yes. Anywhere near northeast?
1: Uh, Very close. Um, You know, it's actually interesting and and you probably get a different take on this depending on who in the northeast you talk to about where the actual boundaries are uh, and how far south it goes. Some of the more traditional folks would probably tell you it doesn't go south of Truman Road. Um, I grew up south of Truman Road um, in an area kind of in between northeast and east side. And so we kind of claimed both growing up. Um, You know, I grew up in a a working class family in a neighborhood on the east side, plagued by guns and gangs, drugs and violence and all that stuff. Um, Sixteenth and Topping is the general area.
0: Sure. You know, um I'm. I noticed one of your priorities was safe neighborhoods. And it it sounds like the problems you grew up surrounded by in your neighborhood are still problems that Northeast and Kansas City's East Side are facing today. You know, what does having a safe neighborhood mean to you?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, You know, the neighborhood I grew up in um, exposed me to all the risk factors that often determine if, you know, a Mexican-American kid in the inner city like myself went to prison or wound up dead, um, I was lucky to have, you know, parents who worked hard, um, had the opportunity of union jobs and, and, and those types of benefits on my dad's side, um, you know, not that folks who, who uh, aren't in those situations don't work hard, but, you know, their hard work was rewarded, and it resulted in us having a certain sense of stability. Um, and when I compare myself to friends, family members growing up who went a different path, you know, that was a big thing for, for us. My mom was very involved in the neighborhood association. She often took me with her to the neighborhood association meetings and the cleanups. And so I got immersed in that culture at a very young age and uh, became aware uh, of, you know, the dynamic of, of my neighborhood and what disinvestment. You know could look like, and um, however, seeing you know these folks who refuse to give up and, and continue to fight for their neighborhood to try and make it cleaner and safer was was inspiring. Is one of the reasons I decided to go into to public service. Um, you know, safe neighborhoods look like neighborhoods that you see throughout Kansas City, on the other side of Troost, north of the river, you know, neighborhoods where families. Um, uh, uh, can live in, in safety and peace. Um, you know, my sisters and I often, you know, on the way to the school bus had to pass vacant lots and abandoned houses. There are neighborhoods in Kansas City that don't look like that and, um, um, you know, are, are maintained very well and invested in. And so we have examples of what those neighborhoods look like in Kansas City. I currently live in Valentine with my wife, um, which we love. It's a great neighborhood. Big old houses. That is an example of you know what a safe and clean neighborhood looks like. Um, I would like to make every neighborhood in Kansas City look like that.
0: Absolutely. I live here in Northeast in Indian Mound. Actually, I think a couple houses down from uh, your relative Chris Morales.
1: <laughs> <laughs> my, yep, my my godfather and uh, uh, second cousin.
0: That's great. Yeah. Northeast has obviously improved over the years. He was talking to me about some of the neighborhood problems that we are facing 40, you know, 30 years ago. And the stuff we're dealing with now seems like, you know, small potatoes. It seems like we've made it a long way. What goals do you have for the fourth district moving forward? You know, how can we get even better?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that analysis. I think overall neighborhoods like those in the Northeast that for years were, Uh, either on the fence or on the other side on the other side of the fence where they had fallen into disinvestment Um, you know I I think we've made a great deal of progress you look at Pendleton Heights and and even some things that have happened in Lycans and Indian Mound um, there's some energy and, and momentum there um You know, I I think the neighborhoods here are very similar to other neighborhoods throughout the 4th District. So the 4th District now, under the new census, um, the southern boundary is 39th Street and 43rd Street, so basically Westport, and then to the west state line, and then to the east, Troost, for the most part. And then that strip runs up, takes in the west side, downtown, the north, a big chunk of the northeast, and then um, also a number of neighborhoods north of the river, so part of Briar Cliff, Sherwood Estates, Um, in that area. And there are some of the neighborhoods north of the river that uh, uh, are facing similar issues to the northeast, um, similar issues to the west side and and even down around Westport. And so, you know, these are issues that that don't just impact one part of the city. You know, um, everybody in Kansas City, north, south, east, west, um, want clean neighborhoods. They want reliable and basic city services that are consistent. Um, The the kind of bread and butter of city government picking up the trash, um, fixing the streets, getting the snow off the streets um, and using the Northeast as an example, addressing illegal dumping and you know, the lots that attract illegal dumping, graffiti, all those all those services, um, you know, are things that we need to deliver in Kansas stay on a more consistent basis in a more reliable manner. And I think that's the beginning uh, of how we continue to improve, because in these neighborhoods you have you know, folks like my mom who are involved with the neighborhood association that are doing great work we need to support the work that they're doing. We need to make sure they have the dumpsters available to them, um, that they have the resources available to them and we need to do our part as well. And so I think it's working in that collaborative manner where the city government's stepping up, um, providing support where it needs to be provided, but also leading where we should be leading. And and I think that's how we continue to move neighborhoods like the Northeast in the right direction. Um, You know, year in and year out, the city conducts the citizen satisfaction surveys and they survey thousands of Kansas Citians on what their priorities are and how the city is delivering on those priorities. And year in and year out, basic city services and neighborhood neighborhood services are at the top of that list. These are services that Kansas Citians always tell us are important. And they're honest about how we deliver those services, um, and so we have a roadmap there. Uh, those are the things that I think you know make families want to stay in Kansas City when they know the city government's going to make sure their neighborhoods are safe and clean.
0: The people who live in the neighborhoods, the people who are putting in the work, you know, day in and day out, spending time on their weekends, picking up trash, whatever it may be, those are the people that have the on-the-ground solutions. You know that are in it all the time and can tell you what their experience is. How do you plan to stay connected to all those neighborhood leaders, all the regular citizens that live in the fourth district?
1: Yeah, I I think it's, it's showing up. Um, it's listening, you know, it's gathering information. Um, you know, when, um, in a prior professional experience, you know, I worked at city hall and, um, uh, in, in uh, kind of a neighborhood advocacy role and so I frequently attended neighborhood association meetings and group meetings all across the city not just in the 4th District um, but I always came to Northeast meetings and you know, being it was a neighborhood that I identified with that I was familiar with um, back in those days uh, the the Northeast Can Center meetings were at um, Shields uh, Funeral Home over on uh, um, Independence Avenue and Uh, You know, you had this collective of folks who were doing so much good in the neighborhood. You had law enforcement there. You had representatives from the city all there to talk about some of the major issues. And, um, you know, just by going to the meetings and showing up and listening, you can learn so much about what those needs are. You know, I was recently at uh, Northland Neighborhoods meeting um, where it was very similar, you know, uh, city council members were there and neighborhood leaders were there and, um, you know, identifying where the, uh, illegal dumping spots were and, and, you know, what the issues in their neighborhoods were. And so, um, you know, the, the most important piece of that is, is by showing up by engaging and listening, um, and by being accessible because you can't be everywhere, at once and so you know i'm gonna make it a priority of mine to make sure i'm accessible to those neighborhood leaders because i know what that meant for for my mom and the folks that i watched growing up do that work and having that accessibility
0: yeah absolutely so tell our listeners who maybe aren't familiar with you um a little bit about your professional experience
1: so um i uh got my bachelor's in political science and public administration from Park University. Um, I was the first in my family to set foot on a college campus, um, and I was you know, able to make it on an athletic scholarship at, at Park University. And so um, after I finished up my uh, undergraduate, I um, took some time to work in the mayor's office in Kansas City um, for a short amount of time, but I learned a lot about the city. And then shortly after that, I, um, began working at the Maddie road center as a victim advocate and, and youth advocate over at the, the topping building in the Northeast. Um, that time I ran around that time, I ran for school board as well and was elected in 2010 and, um, was elected as the youngest school board member ever to Kansas City public schools and served a term from 2010 to 2014. Um, During those years, I also went back to school and um, obtained my master's in uh, public administration with an emphasis in urban affairs from UMKC and then um, obtained my law degree from UMKC law. And um, uh, around that time, 2014, I was finishing up my term on the the school board. You know, we put the district on uh, a strong foundation to Um, you know, obtain the full accreditation that we have, have now. And, um, but I, you know, I was, I was coming off the board and had just finished law school, was taking the bar exam. I had been interning in the prosecutor's office. So uh, I took the bar exam and um, uh, started uh, at the Jackson County prosecutor's office. And I've been there for seven years. Um, The majority of that time, about five years in the special victims unit where I um, prosecute uh, those who sexually assault and physically abuse women and children.
0: Seeing Kansas City and you know, Jackson County in general through the lens of your current work, you know, how does that change your perspective, kind of change your goals?
1: As a prosecutor?
0: Or even just as an elected official someday?
1: Yeah, um, you know you, I am very optimistic about Kansas City. You know, um, I think we have so much potential and, and, you know, the energy we've had, you know, last 10 years or so has been incredible. Um, We're a city that have always punched above its weight, you know, and, um, you know, I, I it's important to elect, you know, folks who understand and appreciate the seriousness of the challenge that we face, you know, the challenges that we face. Um, but who are also optimistic about how we can come together as one city and address those challenges. Um, And I am optimistic about that. You know, one of my favorite paintings is Norman Rockwell's spirit of Kansas city, where, you know, this architect, this man is rolling up his sleeves in the wake of the the floods back in the fifties. And, you know, he's surveying the devastation, but, you know, he's got this kind of steely resolve about how we move forward um, and I think they took that painting and made it the cover for the the budget two years ago. They put an African-American female in his place and, you know, same same um, theme. And I just love that. I, that's amazing. I mean, that that represents what Kansas City is to me. And, um, you know, so I I, I think remaining optimistic is, is important. But, you know, we have some serious challenges ahead of us. Um, you know, we have a, a homicide rate that for the last 3 years has been, you know, at historic levels. We rank eighth in the country per capita in homicides ahead of cities like Philadelphia, Atlanta. Um uh, uh I think we're still behind St. Louis but but not far within, you know, those top few. And um we've got some serious challenges there. We have to address, you know, this this problem of violence we have in our community. Um we have to ensure there's a city government that's going to provide, you know, consistent and reliable services. You know, we have to make sure Kansas City is a city of opportunity for everyone, for for those who are in neighborhoods like the one where I grew up and, and all across the city.
0: Talking not only about homicide, but violent crime in general, you know, it seems like the topic nobody wants to touch. Nobody wants to talk about it in depth. Do you have any ideas on solutions? I mean, I know you're not <laughs> going to solve everything in a day, but what are some things we can improve?
1: Yeah, um, I've also noticed that not very many people want to talk about it in depth, um, which is one of the reasons why why I'm running, um, you know, my pledge is to push for you know, comprehensive um, evidence based crime prevention solutions. And those aren't just fancy academic words, you know, evidence based Uh, public safety solutions you know solutions that we have identified that work that have shown demonstrated success you know measurable success that academic folks can look at and say that this has reduced violent crime and you know we don't need to look further than kansas city to find those types of solutions you know in 2014 we had um 86 homicides, 76 homicides, I'm sorry. It was a 30% reduction from the year before. And it's less than half of what we are going to experience this year, what we're on target to hit. Um, And what we had in 2014 was a comprehensive, and by comprehensive, I mean, you know, all the players were at the table, law enforcement, um, social service agencies, nonprofits, our institutions, community leaders, neighborhood leaders, social justice advocates, criminal justice reform advocates, Um, All those folks were at the table and and we created this focused deterrence program called Casey Nova and we saw 30 percent reduction homicides. And then the years went on and and the numbers started to go up. But then um, the the program ceased to exist. And here we are today, you know, without without without. that comprehensive of an approach. And I think there are some things that are in the works um, right now. I I know that, you know, um, the prosecutor's office and the police department are are working on some programming. Um, But the level that we need to uh, substantially impact Violent crime is going to take an incredible amount of of heavy lifting, and we saw how that worked in 2014. That program was Casey Nova. That was the focus Returns program, and there are some things that I think we need to do very differently um, in in that kind of programming. But um, you know, there is an opportunity here. You know, we we can address this. We do not have to accept this as the status quo or the new norm. Every year, we're somewhere around 150 homicides. That is unacceptable. And um, I am optimistic that, you know, there, there are these evidence based approaches that can dramatically reduce our homicide rate.
0: Hearing your experience, it sounds like you're Kansas City through and through, you know, attending college here in the city staying here working in the mayor's office now working for the county what is your long-term vision for kansas city you know where would you like to see us big picture in 10 20 years
1: yeah um you know i would like kansas city to have the title as safest city in the united states you know there are um you know a number of cities across the country that have a reputation as as being very safe cities you think of portland San Diego usually makes the top of that list. Um, I would love Kansas City to be considered one of those cities where families know they can raise a family in any part of town, any part of town, and do so in, in a safe and uh, in a community that's healthy. Um, you know, that's a long term vision. There are some very deeply rooted systemic issues that we have to address, um, like every other major city, to get there. But um, you know, I think with the evidence-based approaches that, that I discussed and, and, you know, taking a long-term look at how we impact what happens in 10 years and beyond, um, you know, I think we can do that heavy lifting as a, as a community. Um, you know, there's some really cool things coming up, you know, the draft, um, the World Cup, you know, those are things that are going to uh, broadcast Kansas City to the world. Yeah, I think the Chiefs are going to keep winning Super Bowls. And so we're going to... Let's hope so. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not this year. It's going to be a tough year. Um, But you know, the next decade of chiefs football is going to be exciting. And that matters because that is an opportunity to showcase Kansas city. Um, and, and I, you know, I just want to continue that energy. You know, I want to make Kansas city a vibrant place. You always hear about cities like Denver and Austin and what is happening in Minneapolis and all these great cities. Uh, Minneapolis has had some challenges the last couple of years, but you know, I, I, I want Kansas city to be one of those cities that is on everyone's radar screen. You know, a city that attracts, um, young professionals, um, a city that's able to keep them when they're ready to raise families and pick a school district and buy a home. We've got some housing issues um, right now. And so, you know, this campaign is going to be about me asking Kansas Cityans to imagine a city that is safer and cleaner, that delivers services in a reliable and consistent manner, that is a city of opportunity, and to ask those Kansas Cityans to join us in creating it.
0: It's time to take a break to thank our sponsors. Shamaika's Online Market in Delhi offering catering and nationwide shipping at shamaikasonline.com. Find their new deli at 16th and Swift in North Kansas City. Shamaika's, where customers become friends and friends become family.
1: From classics to campers, hot rods to hoopties, Seaberg Muthler, your exhaust headquarters since 1974. Armor Road in Burlington in North Kansas City, Missouri.
0: And now back to the newscast. I'm sure you're aware there have been some big discussions about affordable housing and development at City Hall this week. You know, parts of the 4th District are some of the last affordable neighborhoods in Kansas City. How do we welcome people to these neighborhoods? How do we make people feel safe, but at the same time, you know, combat gentrification and big developers coming in and knocking down you know, hundred year old houses like you see here in Northeast.
1: Yeah. I think it's a balance. Um, um, you know, so much of this is, is balance is, you know, making sure the neighborhood residents have a voice and, um, you know, a way to provide input. Um, but also making sure that the bureaucracy is, you know, going to create an environment where development can occur you know we can do those things simultaneously um where, where projects can be completed and done so with community input. And, you know, that's a balance that, that I will, I will strive to, to find, um, you know, viewing development projects on a case by case basis and, and, you know, on their own merit, I'm, I'm a prosecutor, you know, so my life is evidence and, and following the evidence. And so, you know, that's going to be a big piece of my approach and, and how we, you know, look at some of these things, um, You know, you look at a neighborhood like the West Side that has experienced um, an incredible amount of gentrification and, you know, um, um, in in specifically in housing and, you know, homes that have been built and the impact that that's had on on the folks who've lived in that neighborhood for generations. I mean, my family was originally from the West Side. I grew up over here, but my mom and dad grew up on the West Side and and I still have many, many family members over there. And so I'm very in touch with you know, what has been a decades long struggle with, with maintaining, you know, the spirit of the neighborhood, but also dealing with this gentrification. And, you know, we have to listen to those folks. We have to include them in the process. You know, you can't, you can't do things for people without including those people and what's being done for them.
0: Talking about the West side and Northeast, I feel like, although they're on opposite ends of the city, opposite sides, I guess it's pretty narrow through there. <laughs> They're pretty similar, especially in the populations that find and call these places home. You know, you um, would represent the largest Hispanic population in Kansas City in the 4th District, you know, between the west side, northeast and the east side. What does that mean to you?
1: You know, I, as a prosecutor, as a school board member, um, never sought to be just the Hispanic person in that position for the Hispanic community. when I ran for school board, you know, I, I ran a campaign that reached all Kansas Cityans, and folks responded to that, you know. Um, that being said, I am, you know, a Mexic- Mexican-American um, uh, man and uh, it's not lost on me that we have not had representation on the city council since 1994. You know, that's, that's important to me. Um, you know, we the words representation matters have become buzzwords that folks kinda loosely throw around. Um, but you have a community here uh, that hasn't had representation for almost thirty years. Well we'll be near thirty years by the time the election happens. You know, a population that um has deep roots in Kansas City neighborhoods like the West Side and the Northeast, a population that contributes to the economy and opens businesses and Um, um, you know, fills neighborhoods that are on the brink of becoming vacant. Um, You know, folks who grew up in neighborhoods like mine, where they are dealing with, you know, the the effects of generational poverty and and socioeconomic challenges. Those folks need a voice. About 22 to 23 percent of the fourth district is Hispanic. That's the largest share of of any city council district. And so um, that's important to me to be able to um, raise ra- awareness around that issue. Um, you know, I think in Kansas City there is an interest and in, in, uh, an appetite for that kind of racial diversity on the council. You know, I think Kansas Cityans want Latinos to have a voice on the city council. Um, and so, to the extent that I can, um, you know, reverse uh, the lack of representation, um, I'm, I'm going to work hard to do that. But, you know, like I said, I, I'm running to represent um you know folks all across the city, I'm uh, running at large and um, you know, from Barry Road to Redbridge Road and everything in between, um, this is a community that is my home, it's my heart. Uh, I've, I've never been pulled in a different direction to live in a different community and uh, uh, I know this community.
0: You know, before this most recent redistricting process, there was kind of a divide between north and south of the river. How do we heal that, especially now that you're representing people on both sides? Yeah, we
1: have to heal it. Uh, we absolutely have to. You know, I have the last couple years, years um, spent a, a great deal of time, you know, talking to folks, Kansas Citians, um, going to events, uh, reading the citizen satisfaction surveys, um, engaging with people. And, you know, I have one basic but simple question important question that i often ask folks is um you know what do you want from your city government and what i've learned is that you know there's one underlying truth and that is essentially that no matter what part of town you live in we all essentially want the same things these are the words that i keep repeating because these are the things that you know kansas city and say they want safe and clean neighborhoods basic city services that are reliable and consistent. Um, opportunities, you know, the chance at greater success, and uh, uh, you know, these are the issues that are important to me. These are issues that I've experienced where I grew up, that I've studied in my education, that I've worked to address in my my you know various professional um, capacities, and um, you know, as I've learned this information, um, you know, this is what's sort of formed my platform you know, for for running for city council. And um, you know, these are going to be things that I continue to talk about moving forward.
0: Talk to me a little bit more about that, you know, economic opportunity for all, getting your family out of that generational poverty, maybe accomplishing your goals of owning a business or going to college, things like that. How do we make those goals attainable for Kansas Cityans? It's
1: a lot of hard work. Um, You know, these are challenges that we've faced for decades, you know, longer um, than that. You have neighborhoods that are touched by not only high levels of concentrated uh, poverty, but also generational poverty. Um, You know, we, you know, have to support, you know, small businesses um, small businesses you know, form the, the the backbone of our local economy, and so you know a city government that creates an environment where small businesses can thrive, where the bureaucracy is not an impediment to growth and innovation, um, that's going to be my focus. Um, you know, addressing our our housing issues, you know, um, um, which includes you know people who are experiencing homelessness, um, which includes. You know, uh, uh, folks who are uh, unable to find affordable housing, a lot of topic, a lot of conversation about that topic right now. Um, but also families who, you know, want to expand and have another child, but it's difficult because that would mean buying a house with another bedroom. And it's hard to do that in Kansas city right now. Um, and then working with, you know, our skilled trades and our educational institutions, which luckily I have a little bit of experience with um, to ensure that, uh, you know, people are equipped with the skills to obtain meaningful employment. And that was the big game changer for my family was my my um, you know dad, and my mom, but specifically my dad, who was a union member, was able to obtain meaningful employment that gave us stability. Um, and so those are going to be, you know, focuses in this race for me is. You know, you've heard a little bit about my story and, and, and where I came from and where I've wound up. And, you know, my goal is to ensure that my story is um, not the exception, but but is the norm. And these are issues that I understand very deeply and I'm ready to address.
0: That's great. I always ask this if anyone who spent any time, you know, along Independence Avenue in Northeast, what's the best place to eat around here?
1: Ooh. Um, oh, that's a tough question. It's like asking what's your uh, <laughs> the hardest question about bar- today. <laughs> yeah. that's like asking what's your favorite uh, barbecue in Kansas city. Um, let's see. Uh, I, you know what? I, I, I don't know if this is cliche, but I do like San Antonio's. Um, <laughs> you know, the tacos there are great. besides del Norte North is really good. um, you know, I don't know if it's still there. It's been a while since I checked out Charitos, but for years, Charitos was, was great. Um, I think he moved locations. And so I've driven by a couple of times. I just haven't been back to the the new location. But those are some of my favorites.
0: You know, we um, are oh, fixing oh, up.
1: And, and, it's not Mexican food, but I grew up in Steamboat. Uh, and I loved it as a kid. And so Steam Bowl is also at the top of my list.
0: (laughs) That's great. San Antonio was like my introduction to Northeast food because we were fixing up a hundred year old house that didn't have a kitchen. So it was tacos every night from San Antonio (laughs) for a while there. Um, that's a good
1: solution though. It is. I was not
0: complaining. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we're super excited to follow your campaign and, you know, get to know you throughout this process. Um, and hopefully we'll see you around Northeast plenty.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you.